Just lift your hearts up to the Lord. It's all about Him. His presence is here. Let's receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's all about you. You called us. You redeemed us. You live on the inside of us, guiding and directing us. We thank you one day. We'll see you face to face. But in the meantime, Father, it's all about you as you reach in and guide and direct us. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Say good things to the Lord. Tell him how much you love him. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We would be nothing without you. You made our lives. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it's a sweet, sweet presence here right now. And I don't want to just go forward without acknowledging the Holy Spirit. He is the, the righteous one, the glorious one. Thank you, Lord. That's, we call him Holy Spirit, set apart with holiness and dedication unto us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for loving us so much, even in our sin, even in our missing the mark. You're there purifying us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I see some of you receiving the Lord really nice. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good to dwell in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 There's no greater thing to be in the presence of the Lord. It's the most wonderful thing on this earth. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron, for helping us enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to see everyone here today. And uh, I, how about we start off with a testimony? Let's get right to it and see what God has done. I, I have a testimony that I was going to put in the middle of the sermon, but I can't wait. You know, I, I just say, well, why, why, why wait? Let's, let's let the fellow believers know what's happening and how God is working, how good he is. Amen. Now, how many of you are believing for healing in your body? Let me see your hands, amen, just about everybody. You know, at our age, you know, there's always something that goes wrong, amen. <laughs> Angel took a video of me playing basketball, and I said, who is that old man out there? I thought I was moving really quick, but no. I go, do you have it on slow motion? No. <laughs> That's, well, could you speed it up a little bit and make me look at least a little bit better, but... You know, getting healing in your body is kind of a mysterious thing, isn't it? You know, sometimes you pray, you get healed right away. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes you're still waiting. And, uh, but one thing I do know, that Jesus Christ paid the price for our healing. So we all were healed 2,000 years ago. We're just trying to believe for the, our healing in our body for it to manifest. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes it takes a little while. And if you notice with uh, Jesus, sometimes he just healed them. Sometimes he cast out the spirit of infirmity. Have you noticed that? Now, how do you know which is which? I don't know. I do both. You know, that way I got it all covered. You know, if it's a spirit of infirmity, we got that. If it's just a healing in your body, we got that. But now, uh, to prepare our testimony, I want to tell you about a guy named Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, I've talked about him before. He's called the father of faith. He, he raised 22 people from the dead. That's pretty good news, isn't it? How many of you raised from the dead? Uh, zero. <laughs> he raised 22 people. 
He saw the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk. He had great miracles all over the place. He would punch people in the stomach and cancer would leave. Now, we're not going to do that today, but he's not here. So, but the reason why he did that is because somebody did that to him, and so he said, okay, I'm going to model that. So whatever you learn, you kind of model. But anyway, so he had all these miracles in his life. And uh, he made a pact with his wife. He said, you know, I'm not going to go to the doctors for any reason. I'm not going to take any medicine, and I'm not going to have any surgery. This is a pact that he made with his wife. She said, he said, if only you can call the doctor to pronounce me dead. That's the only reason you can call the doctor. So he had appendicitis for six months, and he was working as a plumber, and he was getting worse and worse day by day, but he kept working because he kept believing God. I mean, you have to keep believing God no matter what's going on. Amen? Waiting for the manifestation to come. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so he's there. And, and so he said, well, Polly, call the doctor. I think I'm going. So she calls the doctor. He comes in and goes, yeah, you're right. He's, he's going to die. You know, there's no question about it. So, but here's a guy that could believe for healing for everybody else, but now he's stuck with this appendicitis, and he can't get rid of it. So somebody knocks on the door. A man came. They don't know where he came from. And he says, where is Smith Wigglesworth? I'm here to pray for him. And she said, he's in the back room. So he went in there, and he looked at him, and he jumped on his chest, and he commanded the spirit of infirmity to come out of him in the name of Jesus. And so Smith, like startled, said, oh, I'm, I'm healed. I'm instantly healed. I feel great. The guy left, and so he went to his wife and said, Polly, is there any work for me to do today? Did anybody call in? He says, oh, yeah, we got a whole bunch of work. He got his bag, and he went to work. Instant, six months, he couldn't get healed. Why did it take someone else to come in and to help him? I don't know. <laughs> He's on third base. No. <laughs> okay. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third, okay? <laughs> but we have a case, a personal case like that, where uh, uh, Patricia was so much wanting to come to the women's event on Friday, the women's uh, pathway to freedom. But she got sick. She was doing something, not sick, but she threw out her back, and she was in excruciating pain excruciating, and I had to look that word up, you know, for the spelling, excruciating. <laughs> I mean, it hurts a lot, okay? And she couldn't, she couldn't sleep. And so I heard that she couldn't come, and so I said, well, I'm going to be in the neighborhood. Do you mind if I come by and pray for you? She said, oh, please, I need my healing. So let's uh, give me the mic, and let's have her talk a little bit. Doesn't she look nice today? Praise the Lord. Amen. Tell us what happened here. Okay, so... Basically, on Wednesday, um, up to you. <laughs> I um, actually, Rosie took me to go get my car fixed because I was sick. And um, I got the car fixed, and I was just getting out of my car, and I just felt that burning sensation in my back. So I believe it was sciatica. And so um, I literally could not even get to my door. It was so painful that it was literally just like taking baby steps to get in my house. So... Basically, I ended up in bed and couldn't sleep because the pain was so severe. It was so excruciating that I was up the whole night for two nights straight. And the pain was getting so severe that my body started to shake. 
and I started to feel like anxiety really, really bad because of the pain. And um, I started taking ibuprofen, and be by the way, I did get sick from the ibuprofen because my stomach started burning. I didn't know you were supposed to eat when you take ibuprofen. Anyways, um, so then Pastor Chuck, you know, and, I, and believe me, I got up, and I was like, God, in the name of Jesus, just please heal me. And I started praying in the spirit, and I started praying and asking God for healing. And you would feel the Holy Spirit, but, you know, the pain was not going away. And so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on believing for my healing. And I would try to walk, and I have stairs. So I couldn't get up the stairs. And I was having struggles. So I was downstairs on my couch. So when Pastor Chuck came, I was, and I was so upset because I wanted to go to the women's ministry so bad, and I could not move. And so when Pastor Chuck came, I had ice packs on my back you know, try to heal, try to get some of that swelling down. And I was crawling, getting up to answer the door for him. So when he came and he started praying, I mean, you felt the anointing just fall upon us, you know. And, you know, then all of a sudden that pain just started going. And I'm just standing in that blessing because it was just so awesome. And um, you just feel the power of the Holy Spirit come all the way down. I'm here today because of that prayer. I'm here today because of the healing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Pastor Chuck. Amen. Amen. Well, amen. Glory to God. Amen. I learned, I learned from a guy that, that was teaching me about healing, and sometimes we'd go pray for people, and they would get healed. You could feel the anointing. Sometimes it was kind of like dead. And so one time we went in there, and it was just so beautiful. And I asked him, what is that? He goes, we just walked into the anointing. And I just walked into all of her prayers, all of her worship, everything that she's petitioning God for. We joined together like, you know, a jumper cable wire uh, for a battery, and it happened. Praise the Lord. So don't think that your prayers or your worship goes unnoticed by God. It's up there, and it's ready to be activated. And so when we activated it together, that's what happened. Now, Patricia's prayed for a lot of people, even Gladys here said, when I need healing, I go to Patricia because she's prayed. She wasn't able to walk at one time. She had a cane. Patricia prayed for her. Now she's walking perfectly well. So sometimes you need help. You know, get a little help from your friends. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So don't give up in believing. God is our healer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what we pray for, we commanded healing, but what we pray for is how to, what are we missing? How do I, you know, handle this? In fact, when I had my, my lymphoma cancer, um, Patricia said, go to uh, a friend of hers who is a minister. I had already gone to two other ministers, and they prayed for me. Nothing happened. So I went to this one, and all of a sudden, he said, I feel, I see someone that's got a neck problem, you know, you know problem with their neck, come and get healed, and three quarters of it went down. So how could one person pray, nothing happened, another person pray, nothing happened, but someone else pray, and something happened? I don't know. But what I do know is that God is faithful, amen, as promised. So what good is a testimony if you are there sitting in your seats? I like what Leanne was saying. She says, I need my own testimony. <laughs> That's good for her, but I need to have my testimony. I want to be able to get up there and say, look what the Lord has done for me. So if that's you, stand to your feet. We're going to pray for healing in your body. If you're believing for healing in your body, just stand up. And we're going to let the Lord touch you because he watches over his word. And if we claim healing, 
if we testify of the goodness of the Lord, he's there to accomplish what we say and what we believe. Amen? So repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you that you are my healer. You heal my body. You made it. You're able to correct whatever is wrong. So I lift to you all of my body parts. I ask you to minister to me, bringing me health in the name of Jesus. Now speak to whatever your situation is. I command whatever it is to be healed, to be whole in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. Oh, there it is. There it is. There he is. The Holy Spirit is there to heal. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. Do you feel that? Do you feel that? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you got healed, you feel like you got healed, just shout out. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, and now as you're sitting, if any of you say, you know what, I feel like the Lord touched me, just raise your hand. I want to see your, your hands. Oh, I, well, look at this. Three, four, quite a few people. Praise the Lord. Is there something that you couldn't do before that you could do now? Well, if there is someone <laughs> that <laughs> you could, if, if there's something that you couldn't do before, but you could do now, is, that, is anybody in that category? Can you tell? Or is it internal? Internal? Well, let's just believe that the Lord has touched you, worked in your body, amen? And believe that the Lord... You know, there was a scripture where Jesus was in a house, and uh, all the Pharisees were there, and the Bible says the, the uh, power of the Lord was present to heal. But none of them got healed except for the guy that they lay, laid him down through the roof. So... The, present of, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Just receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen? So let's pray for today's message. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that as we come together today, you're able to encourage us, strengthen us with your word, and give us victory in every area of our lives. I ask you to, to guide my mouth, speak truth from my heart to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk about... Uh, a continual theme about the resurrection and what happened after the resurrection. Praise the Lord. Now, we know, remember, uh, when Jesus came to Mary and Martha, and he found out that Lazarus was dead. Not sick, but dead. <laughs> you can't get any sicker than dead, right? <laughs> and Martha was saying, if you would have only been here earlier, you could have saved him. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Praise the Lord. In other words, you don't have to wait to the end times for somebody to be raised from the dead. I can do it right now. If he's going to raise people that have been dead for 4,000 years, what does four days mean? It's simple for him, right? How is Jesus going to raise up all the people in the graves all over America if he doesn't have the power? It, so the resurrection is more than just an event at the end of times. It's a person. It's Jesus. He said, I'm the one that's going to raise people from the dead, and I can raise him right now. Praise the Lord. So that means he can raise up any parts of your body that's not working. He can raise your finances, and he can even raise your dreams up that you've had that you think are dead and they're not going to be fulfilled. 
Praise the Lord. I, looking at Diane here, she had a dream uh, of, of getting a position that she, she was uh, believing for. Took her three years to get it, but she got it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And she said it's because she was modeling herself after the Bible as far as having character with her supervisor who was mean to her. M-E-A-N, mean. <laughs> but she held her peace and did the things that God has called her to do, and God raised her up. Humble yourself under the side of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Amen? I, I, I get, I'm getting a little excited. Amen? I had a dream about having a church where everybody would come together. We could teach the word of God. Everybody would dwell in unity and faith, love one another, uh, be excited about the presence of God. It took me 15 years, but here we are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. There were times when it didn't look like it was going to be. But I just held fast, held fast to the faith, believing that the Lord, what he put in my heart, it would come to pass. Praise the Lord. So we looked at that, and then last week we talked about after Easter now, what do we do? There was four things that we looked at that was happened at the tomb, and let's look at it. There was four things. First is be obedient to the word, to the voice of the Lord. Be fearless. Be joyful in the Lord and be willing to fulfill your divine assignment. How many of you remember that? So the angel, let's look at that lady. The angel told the woman to go quickly and tell the disciples that Christ has risen. And they did. Look at that girl. It looks like she is really moving, isn't it? <laughs> I think she could beat Raina. Don't you, what do you think? And look, at she's got joy on her face, right? But there's a little fear, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but, man, this is exciting. Yeah. Have you ever been that way, so excited, and you don't know what's going to happen, but you're so glad that it is? So she, 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 didn't, she didn't say, well, let me pray about it, angel. Let me see, you know, confirming your word. Uh, I don't know, you know, maybe, I, maybe next week. I'll, no, quickly, go quickly, and she went quickly. Do you go quickly when the Lord tells you to do something? Or does he have to wait around and say, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, then says, be fearless. Us as Christians should not be fearful of anything. If God has risen Jesus from the dead, he can raise up anything. He can settle any situation that you're facing. We have to be fearless. What does that mean? Without fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Your wife says she's going to leave you. Be fearless. No, you can't. no you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I command you in the name of the Lord. <laughs> you stay here in Jesus' name, amen? Kids aren't acting right. I command you by the Spirit of the Lord to act right in Jesus' name, amen? Okay, then it says, be joyful in the Lord. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter what your situations and circumstances are, Paul and Silas, when they were in jail, when they were in the inner dungeon with all the rats and everything, and they were chained up and they'd just been whipped, what did they do? Complain. Oh, Paul, I thought you said you were supposed to go to Macedonia. Here we are. You must not have heard from God. No, they sang songs and hymns unto the Lord. Amen? And the Lord heard them and did what? Opened up the prison doors. Praise the Lord. I, I, I like the story. They said he, they were singing so good that God was like stomping his feet, and all of a sudden the prison doors got opened up. And so you have to praise the Lord when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Jesus said, my joy I give to you, not as the world gives to you, but I give the joy that nobody can take away. Praise the Lord. Then be willing to fulfill your divine assignment. Do you know you have a divine assignment? 
a mandate from the Lord. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen? We must be doing a good job, my son said, because in the elementary, we had two uh, children that say, we want to get baptized. We, 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 we see what's happening, and we see that that's what we're supposed to do. We want to be baptized. And so we said, okay, praise the Lord. So this week, following along with the sequence of the timing of the Lord being risen from the dead, Jesus told them to go to Galilee and wait for the promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? The precious Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And he'll give you power to witness, to teach, and to perform many mighty miracles. You know, the Bible says that we're supposed to perform more mighty miracles than even Jesus. So we have an open, you know, chance to do that. So let's pick it up from there. In the Old Testament, you know, what the apostles were experiencing was all new to them. They didn't have the Bible to look at except for the Old Testament. And you remember Peter. Peter was the guy that always got in trouble, always said the wrong thing. He was a guy in class that would raise his hand and say something, and the teacher would say, no, that's not quite right, Peter. <laughs> but anyway, does anybody else have an answer? <laughs> and, and so God was, I mean, Jesus had to rebuke him several times, said, get behind me, Satan. You know, you're speaking of man, man's thoughts. So, but now, so we have the impression that Peter was just like a, a dumb fisherman, didn't know what he was doing, just happened to stumble onto Jesus. Ah, let me look at this right here. He actually went and studied the Bible. You know that we're supposed to study the Bible? The Bible says uh, to what? Study yourself. Uh, study yourself. Show thyself. Study yourself to show thyself approved unto God, a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. So Peter stands up in those days, says, you guys, don't, don't, don't be so concerned about Jesus being crucified. Don't be so concerned about Judas, you know, betraying him. Let's look what it says in Acts 1, 15 through 19. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120 and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who was the guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered. He was numbered. He's not in that number anymore. With this, and obtained a part in the ministry. For it is written, this is the part I like. Ready? So Peter finds two scriptures in Psalms separate from each other, puts them together, and says, look at this. This is the scripture right here. For it is written in the book of Psalms 69, 25, let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it. Really? And in Psalms 109.8, let another take his office or his position. Now, how did Peter pull that out? He was studying the Bible. Why? He wanted to find some truths. He wanted to find some deeper meanings in the Bible. Are we doing that? Are we studying the Bible and pulling out things that God wants to speak to us? He will speak to us, and he will talk to us, and he'll show you the things that you need to know so that you can be victorious in every area of your life. God has the answer, but you, you, know, you can just, if you go swimming, you can be on the top of the water, but if you want to go down deep, you have to scuba dive, right? If you want to get down to the deep things of God, you have to spend some time be meditating in the scriptures. Allow him to speak to you. Praise the Lord. So they proposed in uh, Matthew, uh, I mean, Acts 1, 23. They proposed two. Joseph called Barsabbas, Bar Bar who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. 
So they bring up two guys, two, two uh, eligible candidates, right? And they prayed and said, you, O oh Lord, you know the hearts of all. Oh, stop right there. That's sad, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of uh, scary. He knows the hearts of all. He knows your heart. Hmm. Try to fool God. Oh, you know. <laughs> I like what people say something. Well, God knows my heart. Yeah, but why are you sinning? Uh, you know, <laughs> God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart. That's why you're sinning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Got quiet in this place. <laughs> I wonder when people say, I'm having trouble with my devotions. I'm having trouble, you know, seeking God. Well, where's your heart? Your heart is your seat of emotions and affections. If you're not, you know, loving the Lord with your heart, of course you're going to have a hard time doing your devotions, finding the things of God. Amen? Look at what, you, what your life is doing. Where, what is your activities? What, what comes out of your mouth? That tells you what your heart is saying, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, there's so many hours in the day that we can be doing I mentioned this Smith Wigglesworth. He never could read until he got saved. And then when he got saved, all he read was the Bible. That's all he ever read. And one of the guys that was, he was going to disciple, Lester Summerall, who became famous, he came over to his house, uh, you know, to partake of his, you know, spirit. And he had a paper under his arm. He said, get that paper out of here. I don't read the paper. And that's pretty extreme, isn't it? I don't read the Internet. Okay? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> so he, they, he came in, and they had a little lunch, and then he goes, well, now that we've fed our body, let's feed our soul. So he read the Bible for 30 minutes, and then he prayed for 30 minutes. Then he went back to reading the Bible for 30 minutes, and he prayed for 30 That's his discipling. He loved the Lord. He spent time with him all day long. Now, we can't do that because we have to work, but we can have the Lord, you know, percolating, I guess I could say, in our hearts, uh, allowing him to like guide and direct you. Because once you find him, oh my gosh, once you find him, he'll stay with you. He said, I will abide in them. So I learned from uh, Watchman Nee, he said, you can do everything externally. You know, you can work and do all those things, but the Lord is speaking to you in your heart. Your spirit is alive and jumping. So you can, you can do the things of the world even when you're doing your dishes or gardening or whatever. You talk to the Lord. You let the Lord, you know, talk to you. Praise the Lord. So that's, so he says, you, O Lord, you know the hearts of all. Show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go into his own place. So, you singles that are looking for someone to marry, you have to ask the Lord, is this the one, or do I look for another? <laughs> he knows the future. He knows what's ahead. He knows what is going to happen, right? He knows where the... See, so I tell people, that for premier, I have real easy premarital counseling. I said, do you find out if she loves God and loves you, or does she love... Uh, to the girl, does he love God and does he love you? Because if you have those two factors, no matter what happens, God is going to straighten it out. Praise the Lord. If you love God, you're going to go, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with this man. <laughs> and he said, love him. <laughs> okay, God, I got it. Okay. <laughs> Vice versa. In fact, I was talking to a pastor uh, this week. He said he was counseling some people that were going to get married. He said, I need you to get in a fight with your uh, spouse or you know, future spouse. I go, really? He goes, yeah, I need to see if they can work out a disagreement before they get married. 
And if they can work that out, well, then I know that they've got what it takes. He says, I'm not going to marry you until I see that you have an argument. I mean, he didn't tell, her, tell him to go have an argument, but, you know, let, let one come, and then let's see how you handle it. And I said, that's pretty bold. I don't really go that far. <laughs> that's kind of gutsy, huh? <laughs> see, my wife and I, we, we didn't have that luxury. <laughs> we, you know, we got married in 10 weeks, and so we worked it all out while we were married, you know? We, we, we didn't have a chance to go home and separate and decipher and, do, and figure it out. No, we, she was in the next room, you know. <laughs> she came, she'd come by and give me that look like, hmm, I'm mad at you. No problem. Praise the Lord. All right, let's, let's get off of that because Marianne's giving me that smile like, you know, you ain't so hot yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Matthew 27, verse 3 through 5. Then Judas, his betrayer. Okay, so they were, um, I, I don't think I have verse 20 up there. Do I have verse 20? Uh, uh, is verse 20 up there, Anthony? No? Okay, so then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was what? Remorseful. After he was condemned, he was, after he got caught, he was remorseful. We're supposed to be remorseful when we, after we do it. Say, oh, my God, I sinned against you and against God, right? I sinned against you and my husband. Praise the Lord. And he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said to him, what is that to us? You see to it. In other words, it's on you, buddy. Now, what, what was his mistake? He wanted to go to the chief priest and get forgiveness. You, you can't go to a man to get forgiveness for what you did against God. He needed to go to God and tell God, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm thinking. But the Bible says that what? Satan had entered into the heart of Judas. Do you have some kind of uh, thing in your heart? <laughs> you have some, does Satan, can Satan tempt you? The Bible says we're tempted by the lust of our heart. What tantalizes you? What tickles your fancy? What kind of... Uh, Things draw you away from the things of God. It's in there. You know, I, I've been around a long time, and I've seen pastors that do good for a long time. They've sought the Lord. They believe in the Lord. They have great and mighty miracles. They have big churches. And then all of a sudden, because they've reached the plateau where they want to be, they kind of back off from their devotions and from their dedication to the Lord. And Satan comes in and takes what's on the inside of them and magnifies it. All of a sudden, they're committing sin. How, how did that happen? Well, they didn't take care of that little spot that was there. And, and Jesus said, Satan comes to tempt me, but he'll find nothing in me. That's, that's why you have to guard your heart and you have to let the Lord come into your heart, the Word of God come into your heart and cleanse you and keep you clean for these tests and trials and tribulations that come your way. We just, I, I went to a pastor's meeting, and one of the pastors, they had to have him sit down because some, and they didn't tell us what it was, that was a good and legal way of doing it. But they said he was doing things that wasn't appropriate for a pastor to be doing. And uh, they said we couldn't understand why he was doing that. And so one of the people asked the question, why wasn't he vested properly? Why wasn't they, fi they figure that out in the interview? It wasn't there in the interview. 
It was tucked away, you know, quietly in the you know, recesses of your heart. And then when problems came, what happened was he was believing God for his son who was deathly ill. He was believing for that. There was other uh, pressures that were coming on his life. So they said, we need to remove you so that you can attend to those things and, and, and not be a, it won't be a burden to you. But because of that, you know, sometimes when you're going through things, you try to get a relief by taking outside sources, whether it be, I don't, I don't think he was doing this, but drinking or, you know, talking to ladies. I don't know what he was doing. But we have these, this escape valve that we go to make ourselves feel good when we need to really go to the Lord and stay with him. He can make you feel good. Praise God. So Judas's mistake was that he didn't go to the Lord. He could have gotten forgiven. Don't you agree? You can be forgiven of anything, but he didn't. So what did he do? He went out and hung himself. So we know where he's at. But see, Judas was greedy, but Peter was just scared. Judas was dipping into the bag all the time that Jesus was in the ministry. Remember when that woman uh, broke open an alabaster box and he said, oh, that could have been given to the poor. No, it could have been given to me, so I could have used it for things that I want to use it for. So he threw down the, the, the pieces of silver. So... Peter is praying, Lord, you know everybody's heart and that you can uh, tell us what, uh, who's the right person. And, and Peter knew this because remember, Peter was the one that said, Jesus, I'll never forsake you. You can count on me. I'll be there for you, right? And he said, you know what? The rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. Oh, no, that never happened, Lord. And guess it did happen. And he denied him three times, and then Jesus looked at him, and I'm sure that the pain must have been tremendous in Peter's heart that what he had said he couldn't bring to pass. But he knows that God knows his heart, and he knows our hearts. Praise the Lord. And David said it this way in uh, Psalms uh, something, verse 23. Maybe it's not up there. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Search my heart, Lord. When you talk about things, or if you see things on TV, do you get excited about it? Or does it, you know, make you think, oh, I wish I could do that? No. You have to, you know, be dedicated to the Lord. So you have to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. So we, we never have... So here's a scripture. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Do I have that one up there? Yes. That's sad. Your heart is, you have to get saved. Amen? Your heart is deceitful above all things. That's why in the Old Testament, when people were doing wrong, he wiped them all out. Sometimes the whole city, right? Sometimes the whole world, when Noah was there, he said, Noah's my only righteous man that's living on the face of the earth. If God came today, would he find you to be the only righteous person living? <laughs> you can't worry about what somebody else is doing. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? I told the, the, the group there, I go, you know, don't be surprised if people fall. I mean, when we were being raised up, uh, we were friends with one of the preachers, and he said, find out or look at 10 of your most favorite ministers, and in 10 years, five of them won't be around. I go, Really? I mean, these were five, power, ten powerful ministers. And sure enough, in ten years, five of them weren't around. So I told him, I said, don't be surprised, you know, if people fall. But you have to continue in the Lord, no matter what other people do. Praise the Lord. And so uh, in the meeting, too, 
one of the youth pastors stood up and said, you know, the youth are kind of sad because they feel like, oh, we don't want to be in Foursquare because uh, people, uh, they see that people are falling away. You know, some of the pastors are falling away and some of them are being transferred or whatever. And so I, I stood up and I said, well, my son, we had that same problem at our church and when, when we were changing uh, youth teachers. And my son said, they may be going, but I'm going to be here. Amen. Somebody's got to stay here. Amen. And I'm here. Can you be bold enough to say that? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So I, I had one of the, the uh, members here call me and said, I'm making out my will, and I want to put the church in on the will. How long are you going to be at the church? I said, until I die. <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, what about after that? I go, then my son will take over. He goes, okay, all right, that's good. I'll put you in it, okay? <laughs> Amen. So look at this in, in uh, verse 10 in Jeremiah. It says, I, the Lord, yeah, it's, I, the Lord, search the heart. Ouch. He's searching your heart. He wants to find out how you're doing. And I try the reins, and the reins uh, defined there is seat of emotion and affection, and give according to every man his ways and the fruit of his doing. Praise the Lord. And then let's look at uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. This is the ending scripture. Oh, my gosh. Are, are, you, are, you getting, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Your heart has to be towards the Lord. And when your heart is towards the Lord, everything else follows. All your actions, all your thoughts, all your, your words. The Bible says that the wise in heart studies how to answer. You don't just let things blurt out. You don't offend people. You don't criticize people. You don't say things that are not uh, edifying, right? You have to guard your mouth and your heart and so that your, your actions will follow. If you were left alone... All alone, you could do whatever you want. What do you do? What is your most exciting thing? You know? It, for me, it's going to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I love reading the Bible. I love praying. That's what I would do. Not, you know, I don't blame anybody, but I don't go golfing. I don't, you know, I play basketball for exercise, but if I was left alone, I could do whatever I want. That's what I would want to do. So, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. The thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's what he's thinking. But look at this. A lot of people, we all know that scripture, right? I know that. So you think it's automatic. Okay, Lord, I know you, you, you're thinking good of me. Things are going to work out for the good. I'll just go along and watch you work. But wait a minute. Verse 12 says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Oh, we forgot about that part. We're supposed to seek the Lord. We're supposed to call upon him. And verse 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? All your heart. He doesn't hold back. As best as you can, do the best you can. No, all your heart. He's an all-inclusive God. He's a jealous God. He wants our emotions. He wants our affections. And I will be found by you. In other words, if you tried to find the Lord and he's playing hide-and-go-seek with you, you can't find him. He has to, like Patricia, was praying, God, where are you? God, help me. And he sent me to join with her and to bring about healing. Praise God. So he says, you will be, I will be found by you. I will be found. He will find himself. He will make himself known to you in any way that he can. But you have to search 
with all of your heart. I was asking my, my wife, because I learned this from her a little bit when we were watching stuff, whether it be uh, ice skating or baseball or something. She would say, oh, they're, they're doing it with all of their heart. I go, well, how can you tell? Said, Look at the way they're, they're acting. They, they're extending themselves. They're believing. They're excited. They're, they're, they're doing, uh, you know, above and beyond the call of duty. Praise the Lord. You come to church, you don't go like, okay, well, I'm here. <laughs> Entertain me. <laughs> you know, they come to give, to be excited, to worship the Lord. Amen? With all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's pray. Let's bow your heads and let's pray together. Say, Father God, help me give my heart to you in the fullest extent so that I might serve you with gladness and be one with you and see your mighty works on my behalf. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.